Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do our air conditioning work. And you can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll be talking about the story that broke from the Cato Institute about self-censorship. We'll also visit with Dr. Lee Gross. He's the president of Docs for Patient Care, a foundation and owner of Epiphany Health. But He'll be talking about direct primary care model. Alfie Oaks will be joining us. Looking forward to our discussion with Alfie, the owner of Seed to Table, an outspoken critic of wearing face masks in Collier County. And then Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, will be joining us as well. It is July the 24th, and on this day in 1901, William Sidney Porter, otherwise known as O. Henry, do you remember reading those stories, was released from prison after serving three years in jail for embezzlement from a bank in Austin, Texas. To escape imprisonment, he fled to uh, the authorities and hid in Honduras, but returned when his wife, still in the U.S., was diagnosed with a terminal illness. He went to jail and began writing stories to support his young daughter while he was in prison. After his release, he moved to New York and worked for the New York World, writing one short story a week for 1903 to 1906. In 1904, he published his first story collection, Cabbages and Kings, and his second, The Four Million, which was published in 1906, contained one of his most beloved stories, The Gift of the Magi, remember that? About a poor couple who each sacrificed their most valuable possession to buy a gift for the other. A real story of irony. Additional collections appeared in 1906 and 1907. Two collections a year were published in 1908 until his death in 1910. He specialized in stories about everyday people who often ending with an unexpected twist. Despite the enormous popularity of the nearly 300 stories he published, he left led a difficult life uh, struggling with financial problems and alcoholism until his death in 1910. Off to prison, O. Henry, in this day in 1901. Well, uh, let's a little update on covid 19, 152 uh, new cases and no additional deaths in Cuyahoga County yesterday. The total rate now is at 114 deaths with an increase in the total number of confirmed cases of 8,401 out of 53,561 tests. A total of 560 folks have gone to the hospital for one reason or another but uh, because of COVID-19, but most have been released. Uh, well, that's all the information we're getting from Cuyahoga County, but Florida... Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis spoke up yesterday. Uh, yesterday afternoon, he downplayed a report issued earlier in the day by the Department of Health showing a daily record of 173 new COVID-19 deaths in the state. He said the data encompasses deaths that occurred on various days, but that were just being reported by the Health Department on Thursday. I remember we talked about that in an earlier show. DeSantis said uh, other data indicate positive trends in the battle against the spread of COVID uh, coronavirus. He cited, for example, decreases in the percentage of COVID-19 test results that are positive for coronavirus, generally good availability of hospital facilities, and remember, that's the most important thing, flattening the curve, so I won't have a, a urgent medical need with the hospitals being out of beds. So that was the real focus. Now it's, of course... Uh, fanning the flames of fear with uh, the number of cases, and decreases in visits to emergency departments, said uh, Governor DeSantis. If you look at what we're seeing on the ground in places like Bavard County, I think that we're seeing some very positive momentum, momentum, he said. I don't think that we are going to head in a better, or we're going to be heading in a better direction shortly, he said. I would much rather be in a plateau than be in escalation. We clearly stabilized the cases. We're definitely trending in a better direction. We're trending much better today than we were two weeks ago, said the governor. He also said he would not consider a statewide requirement for wearing masks such as when customers are in retail businesses and would not implement other restrictions on businesses. Good for you, Governor. Our kids are one of the are the ones who are the least uh, at risk by far for COVID-19, he said. There's at least important in, in terms of 
transmitting the virus, and yet they've really suffered a lot under the control measures that have been put in place since mid-March. And so that is a real problem, and I believe we need to give parents the options to get their kids back into face-to-face schooling, absolutely. But DeSantis added that parents who are uncomfortable about sending their kids to school should have the option of distance learning. He said the same is true for teachers who have health problems or who are uncomfortable about going back into the classroom. He said a third shipment of the federal government uh, therapeutic drug uh, (laughs) remdesivir should arrive on Friday for use in Florida hospitals in the treatment of COVID-19. The new ship will bring a total of 11,000 vials of the drug. Now, Florida's, uh, Floridians have been surveyed in recent polls and disapprove of the Governor Ron DeSantis' response to the outbreak of the coronavirus, 57 to 38 percent, but are still split if he should issue a stay-at-home order to slow the spread. Well, I think quite about this, I think most people are dissatisfied and, and a little bit angry about what's happening with this coronavirus. But I really applaud the government for uh, the governor for sticking to his guns and focusing on what really matters, which is uh, slowing this or uh, flattening the curve for people being hospitalized. We have plenty of beds, and uh, this apparent this virus is contagious. It's going to spread. Uh, those that want to slow the spread, I don't understand that. Why not just let it? Let's get it over with. Just my view, because the death rate is very small, very very little, or very low. In addition, President Donald Trump announced yesterday that he was calling off the public events of the Republican National Convention scheduled to be held in Florida. Good for him. I think that's a, a good decision on his part. They're still going to have the nomination and uh, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, but they'll have, he said, they really haven't planned how they're going to do this, but he made the decision yesterday, just before going on stage for the update on coronavirus, uh, he said he'd made the decision, so now they're going to have to scramble and figure out what they're going to do to replace the convention in uh, Jacksonville. It's a good decision. Well, effective immediately, Washington will call itself the Washington football team, pending the adoption of a new name the NFL franchise announced yesterday. This is not a final renaming and rebranding for the team. This is the name it wants to use until adoption of the new name at this point. Well, this is a pretty minor thing, but I wanted to just weigh in on my opinion on this. We have this cancel, uh, cancer, cancel culture That's difficult to say. Cancel culture thing going on right now, ripping down statues and asking for teams to change the names. I think uh, what uh, Snyder has in mind here is uh, let's just uh, change it to the Washington football team and wait until this thing blows over. I anticipate that he's going to speak with uh, Fred Smith, the CEO of FedEx, who is saying they're not going to continue uh, naming the stadium if, in fact, they continue as the Redskins. So what I think is going to happen, they'll wait till this blows over, you'll have a conversation with Fred Smith, get him to agree to change it back to the Washington Redskins. Just my thought. So uh, we're not going to be able to cover all this, but Thomas Sowell is a senior fellow at the Stanford University's Hoover Institution, author of the book Charter Schools and Their Enemies. Uh, he's a real, he's an amazing guy. He dropped out of high school, fought in the uh, uh, Korean War, went on to Harvard, and then to uh, Chicago School of Economics, uh, his graduate school in where he studied under uh, Milton and Rose Friedman. Brilliant guy, and he said there's been a brief buzz in the media after former Vice President Joe Biden told a black man that if he didn't vote for Biden, that he was re- wasn't really black. But, but there's more to it than uh, Biden's many gaffes. What really showed is how much Biden took the black vote for granted was how his announcement that when he was president, he would have a teacher-oriented uh, Department of Education. Let me repeat that. He said that Biden said, "I'm gonna ha- we're gonna have a teacher-oriented Department of Education, and charter schools would not receive a penny of federal money." That's what Joe Biden said. Well, back to the comments of uh, Sewell. Some of us think schools should be student-oriented. Amen. And official statistics show that students in charter schools in Harlem and other low-income minority communities in New York City pass the statewide mathematics tests mathematics tests at a rate more than six times the rate of which traditional public school students housed in the same buildings pass the same test. 
Why then is Biden against charter schools? Because the teachers' unions are against charter schools. And unlike black voters' teachers' unions, with millions of their members who vote millions of their dollars to donate to political campaign contributions, do not automatically give their support to either political party without getting some something big in return. A majority of the students in charter schools are either black or Hispanic, and they usually live in low-income communities. So teacher unions, a opposition to charter schools, is directly in conflict with the interests of low-income minority students. But low-income minority students do not vote, and their parents do not donate a lot of money. So guess what? Those kids end up being abandoned, and the teachers do not support charter schools. Well, I support charter schools, and I think uh, Professor Sewell has a great point here, and we should all support charter schools. In fact, if I were, <laughs> this would not be popular, but I think I'd turn all public schools into charter schools and uh, put, have them each have their own boards of directors, have them have their own mission statement, and uh, that would eradicate unions out of this entire experience here. Just my opinion. Okay, well, this uh, segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, a good visit with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You just heard the commercial. I hope you'll go to the website. Get tickets now at a nice discount at golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Alfie Oaks, the owner of Seed to Table, an outspoken critic of uh, the decision by the Collier County Commissioners on wearing masks. Right now we have with us William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. And by the way, one of your recent, uh, I'm going to call it publications, came out. Uh, Really, it's getting a lot of national attention about, and I think it's so important as well, self-censorship is on the rise. Only 62%, or I should say up to 62%, of people feel uncomfortable expressing their points of view because of the possible repercussions. What are your thoughts? I'll tell you what, I'm torn on this one. Um, On the one hand, it's born of intolerance. I mean, it's it's born of this contemporary cancel culture, which I abhor. On the other hand, I'm somewhat sympathetic to the results. Um, That is, we've talked about this a number of times on this show, the extent to which everything in American society has been politicized and is a function of the right-left divide. Um, You know, my mother taught me... Uh, in, in polite company at the dinner table, you don't talk about politics and religion. Um, and, and to the extent that the self-censorship, albeit, you know, it's caused being this uh, malignant um, uh, intolerance, I, I wouldn't mind if in this country we all self-censored a little more when it came to politics. And, uh, having said that, I'll note that the political divide here, the, there was inequity with respect to which groups uh, resorted to self-censorship, and I think it was telling that um, strong liberals were the only group uh, surveyed comfortable speaking for themselves. So mm-hmm. I, I don't like the imbalance there, and I don't like the cause. Uh, overall, however, I am somewhat sympathetic to, to, the, uh, to that of, of, us, of politics being less at the fore at, at all elements and facets of American society. Mm-hmm. I, I should note there was one other result from the survey that I did find genuinely disturbing, um, and that was it was uh, about 25% of the country, 32% of employed Americans, uh, or believe it's wrong, um, what was the data here? Oh, I'm sorry, 22%. Uh, supported firing an executive for supporting Trump, and 32%, um, I'm sorry, 22% supported firing executives for supporting Biden, and 32% supported firing an executive for supporting Trump. Mm. And to me, this is just outright intolerance and, and sort of unconscionable in our American system that, I mean, we're famous for the, uh, you know, a uh, secret ballot. Um, so, uh, the extent to which people are, are seeking the, the heads, the jobs um, of other Americans simply for their politics, I find unconscionable. So yeah. to me, that was the real eye-popping statistic in, in my colleague Emily's survey. So interesting. Uh, see, of course, I, I guess I was outspoken in my politics because at the family gathering, which were mainly uh, Democrats in my family, uh, I always ended up sitting at the card table with the kids. <laughs> 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 so I guess there was a message there. But this, the irony here here is that you notice that baseball teams, for example, the Boston Red Sox and Washington, Washington Nationals, they're taking a knee before uh, the national anthem, uh, the Black Lives Matter on walls. So while indeed there is this uh, people who are feeling intimidated, self-censorship, I guess we would call it, with regard to what they have to say, the irony is that uh, big institutions are speaking out and, and supporting things that, quite frankly, I, I do not support. And look, on, on these scores, um, certainly I'm, I'm a patriotic American, and um, I'm the sort of person who stands um, during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And on Black Lives Matter, I do think that police violence of any sort against any American is a... I guess I'm one of these people who, who does this very impolitic "All Lives Matter" slogan. Yeah. Um, that said, yes. I mean, it, it's 
this is an open society, and that freedom of association and freedom of political expression is a, a fundamental, wonderful thing about America. Um, but at the same time, I, I am sick of um, just in casual conversations, everything having to be dictated by how much somebody hates Trump or, or what they yeah. feel on this or that. Uh, so, you know, again, it's been a constant theme that, that I've expressed in, in these morning calls in the show. Yeah. Um, that of uh, sort of, uh, it's my belief that we need sort of a political detente in this country, well, whereby, you know, it simmers down a bit. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, I, the probably is that problem is that we've conflated Black Lives Matter, and of course you're saying all lives matter, and they do, and certainly you have the issue with the uh, the uh, law enforcement and uh, black people and uh, their concerns about that. I get all that, but unfortunately, Black Lives Matter is also in a. Uh, uh, a group that wants to destroy America. I mean, it is an actual group <laughs> that, that is uh, wants to create harm for the American culture, American society, and that's what I find abhorrent is the conflation of the two. We're here, here, and I'll be honest, I'll plead ignorance here. Um, to, to my eyes, it does seem as though there is a, a, a theme or, or a purpose, if you will, behind the slogan, Black Lives Matter, and that being of, of police violence against black people or anyone is unacceptable or undue violence. Um, on the other hand, yes, I mean, there, there may be an institutional entity um, that demonstrably is perhaps not working in the best interest of all Americans. Right, exactly. Hey, before I let you go, I do, uh, the, the president has made an executive decision about how the census data will be handled when it comes to uh, realigning the number of uh, I guess uh, congressman that we have here in the United States that's it's part of the part of the census that comes from the census. What are your thoughts on his decision? Well, so just a real brief background. I mean, uh, listeners may recall there was a big controversy over how the Department of Commerce conducted the census that ultimately went all the way up to the Supreme Court regarding mm-hmm. um, how it, it included uh, aliens or um, legal permanent residents here or, or illegal residents here. Um, ultimately, the administration lost before the Supreme Court. However, um, the statute that creates this regime uh, mandates to give the president a mandate or, or a direction or duty um, to not just take the census data, but to also uh, interpret it, if you will. I mean, it, it, it says the president must transmit to Congress both the, the Commerce Report, but then also his own numbers. Um, and the fact is, you know, Congress is the one who did it. Um, so regardless of sort of the merits of the decision, uh, you know, whether or not it's a good idea, um, it, that's the, the letter of the law is such where, for some reason, Congress gave the president this wiggle room, um, and he's exercising it. So yeah. it, if people disagree with it, then blame Congress. <laughs> Very well said, William. And, of course, I think this will end up back in the Supreme Court because this will reduce four congressmen, as I understand it, the state of uh, California, if, in fact, he doesn't get his way, so or if he does get his way. So, uh, William Yeaman, again, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, always appreciate your so well-informed and interesting commentary, William. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about a new concept. Well, it's it's new to me. Uh, Dr. Lee Gross is going to join us. He's the president of Docs for Patient Care Foundation and owner of of Epiphany Health. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. 
Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us Dr. Lee Gross. He's the president of Docs for Patient Care Foundation and owner of Epiphany Health. Dr. Gross, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, indeed. Tell us about uh, Docs for Patient Care Foundation. What's it all about? Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only practicing health policy think tank in the country where we actually get practicing physicians involved in health policy discussions. So this happens at the state level and at the federal level, because what we realize is that when you were to, when we would go to Washington, all the people making all of the health care decisions for the entire country. Uh, we're usually nothing against the young people, but very young people with no health care experience. They have some policy background. Uh, and so we created the, the Docs for Patient Care Foundation to help uh, educate and promote health care concepts that work for the doctor and the patient. So I, I guess Epiphany Health, your, your uh, practice, is a result or the outcome of, uh, of your concerns. Well, tell us about Epiphany Health. So I've been practicing family medicine in Northport, Florida, which is just a little north of Naples there on the Gulf Coast. And we started our practice in 2002, just a general insurance-based practice, just like most of the other ones, billing fee-for-service, and effectively running on a treadmill, trying to do as many things to as many patients as possible to generate as many office visits and as many procedures and as many tests so that we could generate uh, billable services. Mm -hmm. Um, And... You know, we would play this constant game of whack-a-mole with Medicare and with the insurers. Anyway, we'd find to get some revenue into the office, uh, that revenue would be taken away by some regulatory uh, regulatory change. Uh, electronic medical records came along, and those essentially became very expensive and very cumbersome cash registers that lost the patient encounter. And we sort of finally got to this epiphany, which is our practice was appropriately named because we had an epiphany. And the epiphany was a small business owner said, Hey, Doc, my insurance costs for my employees continue to keep skyrocketing. All my employees see you as their doctor. Why am I paying an insurance company to pay you and take 80%, 90% of, of the money that I give them when they all see you already? Why don't I just pay you directly? Uh, and that got us thinking, you know, why are there so many people in between that relationship between the doctor and the patient? Mm-hmm. Why are we insuring primary care? Why are we taking, you know, 85% of the health care delivery in the, com- in the country, which is pretty affordable, and making that an insurable event, like you would insure mowing your, your, your lawn on your home or, or you would use your, your car insurance to fill up your gas tank. I mean, yeah. it's, it's grossly inefficient. It's extremely cumbersome. It's very expensive. Well, I must say, as a patient, I'm just, you're resonating loud and clear with me because <laughs> I end up paying for all this insurance, and I use a lot of alternative medicine, which isn't covered by insurance, which is really annoying, quite frankly. So you've created this direct primary care model. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, so effectively, it's, it's like Netflix for, for medicine. 
we charge a flat monthly fee for anything that we can do in our office. And so for our office, that's $65 a month for adults, $25 a month for one child, and $10 a month for each additional child. Hmm. After that, anything we can do in our office is included in that membership fee. We don't charge any per-office visits. We don't charge for procedures or any tests that are done in here. So if I need to do a biopsy or take off a skin cancer, there's no charge for that procedure. If I need to do strep tests or urinalysis, an EKG, a halter monitor, sew up a laceration, splint a broken bone, that's all done in my office at no extra charge. Mm. But what we realized is that we also needed things that were affordable outside of our office because what we were doing is drawing uninsured patients to us from all over the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. So we reached out to labs and imaging centers and got wholesale pricing on services as long as the patient agreed to pay in cash full full time or full payment at the time of service. We would typically see about a 90% to 95% savings for those patients. So an MRI through our practice costs $220. If you pull out your insurance card using your copays and deductibles, usually you're going to pay $500 for that same MRI. Right. So what are we insuring if using your insurance card doubles your out-of-pocket costs? So we now have about 10 years of experience with this. We have also recently integrated this as an employee benefit for one of the local rural hospitals. And we found in the first year when the hospital offered this as a benefit to their employees, the hospital health plan saved $1.2 million in the first year alone. Uh, mostly through reduced uh, reduced specialty consultations, reduced emergency room visits, uh, and pr- procedures that then could have been done in the office. So that's a 54% reduction in cost to the hospital. But interestingly, at the same time, the way we re- redesigned their health plan is we eliminated the employees' co-pays and deductibles for all their routine health care services. Hmm. So if they had any surgery done in the hospital, it was no cost to them. If they had any tests or blood work or, or procedures done, there was no cost to them. So total out-of-pocket costs basically eliminated for the employee. Their employee health care premiums for, for the purchase of their insurance dropped about 20%, yeah. and there was no charge to access the health care services. Those are, remarkable resu- those are remarkable results. I mean, it sounds to me, as a kind of a marketing guy, that uh, it sounds like your real market might be employers. Well, it's employers, it's unemployed, it's, it's, it's patients, individuals with high deductible health plans, it's, it's governments, it, it, frankly, it's, it's everybody that needs access to affordable health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're absolutely correct, the low-hanging fruit are, are employers, self-funded health plans are, are definitely uh, ripe for this sort of thing. Uh, but now, you know, through this pandemic, as you're seeing 32 million people in the United States now effectively unemployed, and with their health care now tied to their employment, they're, they're seeking access to affordable care in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. Well, you also see through the course of this, all these fee-for-service primary care doctors, almost half of them in the country are near bankrupt because patients are afraid to go to the doctor. So but, if the doctor requires the patient to come into the office to bill and they're afraid to come in, you've effectively cut off the revenue source of all your doctors. So we can match up these starving uh, primary care doctors with these patients needing care and effectively explode this direct primary care movement across the country. It's already growing rapidly. Well, it's it's great to hear. I mean, I think it's a nice result, uh, reaction to what we're seeing in terms of health care because uh, I've talked to so many doctors who say, you know, I don't get a chance to even visit with my patients as much as I'd like to because I spend so much time in front of a computer screen trying to report all the stuff that I'm doing in order to appease the government and and the insurance companies. Um, I'm, I'm I guess- just made a house call yesterday. <laughs> you did? <laughs> You I made, did. You made a house call. My goodness. We make house calls. We yes, we we have no limitations to what we can do because, again, we don't have to ask permission for how we take care of our patients. We can just do whatever we need to do, the right care at the right place at the right time. So if, if this uh, conversation is resonating with any of our listeners and you'd like to know more, I'm looking at the website right now, epiphanyhealth.org, epiphanyhealth.org. It's, it looks very interesting, and I must say uh, you've just accelerated my interest personally. So I think it's, it sounds like a great concept, Doc. Um, what can we do to support your efforts? Yeah, so if you're interested in, in finding a direct primary care, you can do a web search for direct primary care. Uh, there are practices in all 50 states. They're all over the state of Florida, uh, so plenty in your area. So search them out and make sure that you uh, sign up with those establishments. You can also go to uh, the website of our foundation, which does a lot of work in educating physicians on this. That's D, the number 4PCfoundation.org. Uh, and you can also support our, our efforts federally as we're working with uh, improving the tax code to, to allow patients to effectively use pre-tax dollars to pay for the direct primary care services. 
A fascinating discussion. Again, Dr. Lee Gross, president of Doctors for Patient Care Foundation. I just genuinely appreciate your coming on the show, Doctor. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate the time. Thanks. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Doctor. All right, coming up. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Alfie Oaks. Uh, he's one of my heroes. He's the uh, outspoken uh, discussion at the Cuyahoga County Commissioner's uh, meeting, in the emergency meeting on mass. He's also the owner of a terrific business here in town, Seed to Table. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road. And it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us Alfie Oaks. Alfie is, of course, the owner of Seed to Table, a terrific business here in town, it's just, uh, we were so surprised to go there last week and really enjoyed uh, the experience. He's also uh, running uh, for Republican State Committeeman, and uh, he's also uh, made comments at the uh, emergency meeting for the Collier County Commissioners about this mass business, Alfie Oaks. Alfie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning. Yeah. Thank you, Alfie. So uh, I'd like to just start off by getting your thoughts on uh, the, the Collier County Commissioner's decision uh, the other day and uh, what, where you're taking it from there. Yeah, well, um, you know, it was the fourth vote. They kept basically coming coming back to vote on it until until they finally got the, the one they were looking for. Um, and uh, they decided to, you know, implement the mandatory mask mandate. Uh, and and you know I I feel very strongly against it. I don't think it's done. You know it's been proven basically in so many of the places where where even when they the, the earliest the earliest uh, uh, states that, that that made the mandate and cities that made the mandate are not showing any difference. And, and all of the science points uh, towards uh, you know not really being effective in uh, in controlling the, the spread of the virus. Right. So uh, there's a lot of lot of lot of terrible health uh, risk to the mask. Uh, you know, we pointed out while we were sitting there at the at the commissioners meeting, there was only uh, only one young lady there wearing a mask, uh, other than the three commissioners, uh, and uh, and she touched her face, you know, 25 different times while we were while we were sitting there. The, the young lady from the news. So yeah. uh, there, there's a you know there's a lot of negative impact from the mask, and more more importantly, just violating our 
our rights as human beings. I'm, you know, this is never, it's unprecedented. I couldn't agree more, Alfie. I just really appreciated your comments, too. You were very outspoken and strong in your comments. So uh, uh, what do you, I mean, you started a GoFundMe page in order to uh, fund a lawsuit against the uh, Cuyahoga County Commissioners. Yes, it's done, done really well. I, last I checked uh, yesterday, it was up over $14,000 that, uh, that we've raised. And, and uh, we have uh, Anthony Sabatini is going to be, be uh, going to be, you know, uh, along with Jim Boatman. Uh, and we even have some other Civil Liberties Council uh, from out of state working, working on it. Uh, it's going to be, uh, so far, what they're telling me, there's, there's quite a few holes in this, in this. And I know that it's been, you know, that's been challenged in other other uh, cities and municipalities, but uh, th this one, this one has because of the way it was done. Uh, looks like there may be we may be able to poke a few holes in it. We're gonna we're certainly gonna work hard uh, to do that. And uh, you know, for me, it's just a slippery slope. If, if, where where does it end? Right. Penny Penny Taylor specifically told me that the truth doesn't matter, and and that's that's the biggest problem I have with all of this stuff. Is, is is it's got to be where the truth really doesn't matter anymore. And I, I can tell you that I this is this I am not embellishing. I have had hundreds, hundreds of doctors, uh, uh, some of them very, very high up the chain, uh, in in local hospitals here, uh, in, come and tell me thank thanking me for taking the stand. And they they know they know that the mask thing is is insanity, but they're they're not in a position where they can say anything. Yeah, that's exactly and, uh, right. I mean, I my, my own doctor told me, well, there's really no good reason from, from a health standpoint to wear a mask, but you probably should do it to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, people are going <laughs> to not yeah, favor yeah, so you. Now, now it's a, uh, you know, it's, I mean, and I understand a lot of people um, don't want to break the rules and, and, and um but and I, I love this county. I, I love I love our law enforcement. I love our code enforcement. The, everyone down there at the county has been has been gracious to me. Uh, we've built successful businesses here. This is not trying to be a renegade against the county because I I, I have nothing but love and respect for for all those people here. But uh, but they're they're not going to strip our our rights away uh, one by one because you know, you know like, like I said, what's the next the next thing is is uh, what the next thing's the vaccine that they're going to be mandatory, and then the next thing is is the chip or who you know who knows where it goes but we yeah. got to draw a line in the sand somewhere no i couldn't agree more alfie so uh for those that might want to jump on board and support the uh the lawsuit uh where can they go uh go to uh, my facebook page i know a lot of people aren't doing facebook right now they gather information and there may be some other ways if there's a, a maybe a way to access any this gofundme but it i i launched it on my facebook account um and that's the that's the easiest way for sure. Yeah, my wife I made the contribution already, but I understand. I think you could go to GoFundMe and just do a search on Alfie Oaks too. I think that worked for her. So that worked. Okay. So, uh, but in any event, uh, for those for our listeners, I mean, this is so important. I mean, Alfie's right. Mass are not healthy, but the real the real egregious thing is ta is uh, encroaching on our personal rights and freedoms. This you have to draw a line in the sand someplace. And uh, I support government, like you, Alfie. I support government. I support the rule of law, but this is really stepping over the bounds of our personal freedoms. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I. I uh I, you know, you think you think about um, how how easy it is sometimes just to you know continue to conform, just even though you know that it's not not right. And, and this is this is one of those things that's it's been amazing where because we've become the kind of the the hub of patriots at the store, and I just I have people from all walks of life, whether it's you know the the, the biggest ones, of course, being all the physicians, but. But uh, from from every profession, you know, all the teachers, all the and and they they feel a certain way, but but they're not allowed to speak the way they feel anymore because uh, whether it's for politics or, or you know multiple multiple reasons, this whole cancel culture thing is is really out of control. And when when, when people can no longer speak the truth, and, and I'm not talking about their opinions, speak the truth, uh, it's a sad day in, in America. You know, we, that was a theme earlier in the show of the Cato Institute did a study that only, and 62% of the people feel uncomfortable expressing themselves and what they really feel. Uh, it's, it's, we're calling it, what is it, self-censorship is what it's all about. And uh, you're, you're right, just because of this cancel 
cancel culture. It's hard for me to say, Alfie. <laughs> cancel culture. Uh, the, it's really been had a major impact on us, and we, you know, we need to stand up and uh, and uh, let people know that we stand for individual liberty, freedom, and the people's, you know, what our God-given rights. Quite frankly, yeah, there's a there's a lot given for us to to be afforded those, and and uh, to recklessly. Uh, give them away for some temporary security is um, it's a disgrace. So I want to also uh, promote the fact that you're running for a Republican state committee, and it's on the ballot. Uh, we've already done our ballot, uh, mailed in. Uh, but uh, again, Alfie Oaks, why are you running, Alfie? Well, it's um, it's you know for an elected position, it's uh, it's one that's not as time consuming as many of the other positions. So it's basically dipping my toe in the water a little bit. Uh, and uh, and I think you know locally here, I'll be able to uh, I'll be able to help the best I can to try to make sure that we're you know that we're we're working with true conservatives. So. Absolutely. So to take a look at Alfie Oaks again for a Republican State Committee, and also I want to do a shout out for Seed to Table. What a great we oh, we are so sorry. There's no it's indescribable. We win and everything is so fresh, so wonderful. The opportunity to go up and have a glass of wine along with dinner. You pick out things that you might want to enjoy for uh, dinner, piece of salmon, whatever it might be. Uh, have it sent upstairs. They prepare it for you, and uh, it's just really fantastic, Alfie. And I'm, it's I, I don't know why we waited as long as we did to go there, but you really uh, have created a wonderful. We're, we're getting a lot of new people in that just were waiting. For season, waiting for the rush to to, to die down. Um, at uh, at ten o'clock uh, tomorrow morning, we're having a um, a breathe freely in a breathe in a free country. Uh, uh, at ten o'clock tomorrow morning, we're going to be given uh, a lot of our free pastries from Chef Sebastian, as uh, was an executive chef there that came from the Ritz. He, uh, everything he does is amazing there. But we'll have all that. There's going to be uh, free coffee and and uh, his, his donuts and pastries. And at eleven o'clock. Uh, we have the news media showing up to, um, to we're, we're going to be basically having the, the attorneys out there and we're, uh, you know, we're announcing the filing of the, of the lawsuit against, against uh, Collier County. Fantastic. Well, again, and uh, there's so much more to talk about, Alvin, but I just genuinely appreciate it. So, again, 10 o'clock tomorrow, free pastry and coffee, and then 11 o'clock, news media shows up for the announcement at Seed to Table right there in the corner of Immokalee and Livingston on the northeast corner. Alfie, just genuinely appreciate everything you're doing for the country what uh, and your business. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. My Keep pleasure. Fighting a good fight. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, you too. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com. 
Tom to design an ad program that's just right for your business and be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. One of their focuses is uh, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Dave Bego. He is the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. He's the owner of EMS and founder of EMS, Executive Management Services, doing business in over 40 states with over 6,000 employees. SEIU union bosses approached him and said, why don't you sign us a neutrality agreement? We go out and sign up your employees for the union. He said, nope, if we're going to unionize my business, you're going to have to do it by secret ballot, not through intimidation and uh, the nefarious tactics that you use to unionize folks. So, well, he had a a two-and-a-half-year battle with the union bosses. They finally went away because he prevailed. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Bob. And I'd just like to add that a little bit uh, uh, as far as um, unions and labor here in 2020. Um, I wanted, and with this presidential election, uh, just to let you know, the Biden campaign has released a 110-page document ahead of the uh, Democratic National Convention with policy recommendations, including, get this, calls for the passage of the PRO Act, card check elections, which is what the SEIU was trying against me, a ban on right-to-work laws, enforced arbitration agreements, and a host of other labor reforms uh, proposed by the Clean State Project to expand the power of labor unions. And on top of that, the SEIU has announced that it will launch a $150 million effort in 40 states in support of the Biden campaign. So you see how the dots are connected. It's just really awful. In fact, earlier in the show, I was talking about uh, Thomas Sewell, the great economist, and he had written out that uh, Biden himself is uh, supporting, uh, we need to support teachers' unions, not kids, but teachers' unions. They want to have, it's, it's, and, and get rid of uh, charter schools. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, and this leads to what I really want to talk to you about today is um, there's a video out there that I, encourage all your listeners to go you can go online and um, um, you know type in um, world's deadliest virus and uh, you should be able, they should be able to find the video then that I sent you mm-hmm. it was sent to me by a, a friend and um, this world's deadliest virus uh, says that the, that that the world's deadliest virus is communism which is true and it's been it's been arrived through you know in Europe and Russia and other China and other places uh, through marching through socialism, you know, and promising of social justice and then going to identity politics and riots and, um, you know, blasphemy and uh, bigotry and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, Bob, uh, it's what I've been talking about on your show for years. It's what the unions are trying to do here in the far left. Uh, they're trying to bring this country down and turn it into a communist country through the use of socialism and social justice. And at the end of the day, it's all about power and control. They want to control us. And we'll end up looking like a Venezuela or Cuba or something like that. Well, I mean, and you can see the evidence all around us. We talked about this cancel cancel culture. It's hard for me to say that, David, but uh, the reality is right there. And then you take a look at the looting and uh, the, the destroying the statues. Uh, everything that's going on right now, these are all signs that uh, what they're trying to do is diminish the importance of culture to try and intimidate, to have people not speak out and stand up for their personal rights, and then to slowly but surely eroding our personal freedoms. And these things that you outlined are very scary. When you talk about card check, what that means is uh, the, the signing the neutrality agreement is what they ask you to sign. There'd have to be no need for that. They could just go out and sign up people for the union, and once they had 50% plus one, Voila, they're unionized. That's not right. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. And uh, this is, again, you know, all about power and control and uh, to do it their way and uh, take away American freedoms uh, to capitalism and uh, a free market society. You know, 
And uh, as, you, as you watch this video, I mean, it just hits all the points that I've talked about over the years. They want to get rid of uh, businesses and uh, go to government control over uh, where you work, how you work, how you get paid, and um, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people are going to be uh, um, hurt much, much more because um, these people really don't care about, you know, uh, what they're saying they're saying that you know we care for you people who want to do all this but they're not being honest about it and what they really want to do is they just want to control the country and do what they want to do so the world's deadliest virus again is uh, go to uh, you find it on on uh, youtube and uh, just type in on the search area uh, the world's deadliest virus you'll find this uh, video eight minute video it's very very Interesting and concerning indeed. And so, Dave, uh, when you take a look at the Biden campaign, let's open the borders. Let's provide benefits for all those illegal aliens that come across our borders. Let's uh, uh, unionize everything. Let's you just go down through the list that it is a recipe for total disaster. Yeah, it exactly is. And uh, again, this goes back to the far left, uh, the part of their program to uh, bring down America and turn it into a communistic state. And people need to understand that. And the reason they, I believe that they've um, nominated Biden for their candidate is because, you know, he comes across as, um, you know, uh, not all that intelligent. And he, he, he didn't come across it in the beginning. He's far left and he doesn't really get angry or stuff like that. Um, but what, what it is is if he does get elected, you know, yeah, he and Nate will be president. But behind the scenes, he won't be running the country. It's going to be beating the far-left people like Obama and Soros and uh, other people like that. Right. Well, the head of, uh, I forgot her name now, but the, this uh, woman who was an activist back in the 70s, she said that we need to elect Biden because he's the one that we can influence and push around as opposed to <laughs> President Trump. I mean, even the Chinese media, state media, has admitted his views that uh, this coronavirus has, has been a great tool to beat President Trump. The Chinese don't want him to continue to be president because he's standing up to them right now. Uh, and it's this is very concerning. I mean, the, the communist Chinese is the biggest problem we have internationally. And Biden says we have to get back back and uh, repair the relationship with the communist Chinese. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, again, it all goes back to what they want to do with this country. And, um, you know, we got we got to stop this stuff and this union corruption and uh, uh, the far left and, uh, and um, you know, uh, keep keep this country as great as it's been. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I, just to point out in your book, uh, the devil at our doorstep, and when you tell the story about what the dirty tricks that these people play, you, you'd like to think that there's a level playing field when it comes to uh, how people go about their business and unionizing. Well, and, and what they attempted to do is to intimidate your clients, intimidate your employees, their kids, uh, in, uh, lied uh, to the public about what you're doing, uh, f- uh, make false claims to the National Labor Relations Board, and uh, then, of course, everything shows up in small print when everything has been denied. But the point being is they made your life miserable for two and a half years. Well, they did, and, uh, you know, they made it tough on uh, me and my family and my friends and relatives and my employees and customers and everybody, but um, I'm proud of everybody. They uh, stood with me and had a backbone, and uh, we exposed them and won, and uh, that's what we need to do in America today, especially with this election coming up. People need to understand what these people are all about and what they're doing and to uh, stand up and have a backbone and keep America going in the right direction. Absolutely. Dave Beagle, again, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Great read. I encourage you to, it's a must read, actually. You got to go to thedevilatourdoorstep.com is the website. Get a copy of the book on my website at a nice discount, bobharden.com. You can also get a copy of the book, of course, at any book purveyor, uh, including Amazon across the nation. Dave, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Well, thanks, and have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. And again, uh, the world's deadliest virus, that's the name of the video. Uh, I hope you'll uh, check it out. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, if you have any comments, appreciate your sending me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. You can also get a copy of the news mail, a letter that I send out after each show uh, by just letting me know that, just at bobharden at hotmail.com. Com. We have terrific guests lined up uh, for Monday's show. Mark Schulman is the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. We'll visit with Larry Reed, the professor, uh, I should say he's the president emeritus of the Foundation, foundation for Economic Education, a terrific website. Uh, fee.org is the website. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Appreciate his commentary. He's written a couple of books, Murder Mysteries, uh, the latest being Shake the Money Tree. And uh, so we'll look forward to his commentary there, right there from the middle of Washington, D.C., on what's happening around the world. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>